The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison got a really interesting conversation coming up today. We're looking into a global nutrition company. Now, this is a company which is essentially creating scientifically formulated, clinically proven supplements, which support children's growth development. The name, Nutritional Growth Solutions. Pretty clever there. Now, this is a company that's listed on the ASX. You can find it there under the ASX code N. GS. The company recently appointed Dave Fenlon as independent non-exec chairman and Dave joins me now. Dave, so good to have you with us. Welcome. Lovely. Thank you to uh, you and uh, thank you to the team for having me. Very much looking forward to a chat today. Now, congratulations on the, on the quite new role. They've certainly thrown you right into the deep end. In fact, you've just, you're in Perth right now and you've just returned from Italy, which I have to say I'm a little bit jealous about. <laughs> well, uh, look, coming back from Italy um, was, uh, well, going to Italy, I have to say, was wonderful. Uh, I was there for a uh, a, a trade fair uh, with my other day job, uh, which is not linked to NGS. But I think importantly, whenever you travel, you look around and see what the opportunities are for any business that you're involved in. And it was wonderful to see, um, you know, businesses and brands in, in Europe who are quite innovative at the moment. And I certainly believe that NGS sits in that bucket. It is an innovative business. It's something that uh, attracted me to the organisation. So plenty of opportunities for sure. Well, you've had 30 plus years experience in retail and consumer goods right across the world, across Europe, Australasia, North America. Um, so, so I'd imagine that that would also be very beneficial to your role as chair for NGS. Look, uh, when I read the announcement that the team put together and I said, you know, uh, veteran of 32 years, it was quite shocking. I don't see myself as a veteran of 32 years, but when you add it up, it's actually that amount. So I started my career a long time ago back in the UK, worked in retail for various uh, brilliant companies, Tesco, Safeway, uh, and I came to Australia in 2004 um, from Budapest, um, where I spent some time, 2000 to 2004, uh, and I've been here in Australia for nearly 20 years now. And in that time, I've worked for grocery retail. I've worked in FMCG um, and uh, obviously now back in the pharmacy channel, but also, um, you know, feeling very proud of being part of the NGS journey moving forward. So I hope that that experience brings with it, you know, some sageness and wisdom, but uh, still got a lot of vitality and uh, love to work for innovative and alongside innovative people. So uh, very excited about the future. So tell us a little bit about NGS. I did a really brief introduction um, before, um, but but talk us through it in your words. Hmm. Look, I think after spending all those years in retail and, uh, you know, most recently in FMCG, you look for organisations that really do have a point of difference. And coming from, uh, you know, a period of time at Blackmores and uh, also a period of time at BWX, you want brands that have got, as I said, a point of difference. And in particular, NGS was appealing because it really does have some very strong clinical claims. It was a business that was founded um, by PG pediatric doctors um, at the Schneider's Institute 
And um, over 20 years worth of research has gone into these products and they've clearly um, got the passion as well as the evidence that uh, they have a problem to solve. And the, the child growth development issue uh, that they have faced over those 20 years is the reason that NGS was formed. The research has shown that 80% of high is determined by genetics, but the 20% that isn't can be influenced by specific combinations of nutrients. And that's really why NGS was created, to solve that really significant issue that these doctors had seen over the last 20 years. And uh, you don't often find businesses that have got such a very focused consumer need, and you don't find many companies that have got so much clinical evidence with so much medically backed practice. So that's what's exciting about it. So this is obviously a very serious issue that you're you're trying to solve in many cases, and there are medical cases for it. But on a mm-hmm. on a much lighter note, just for a second, Dave, I'm a, a rather average 168 centimeters tall. Are you essentially telling me that had my parents given me the specific combination of nutrients, I might have been a little taller? Well, absolutely. And if you talk to Liron, the CEO of NGS, she has exactly the same issue. She has two children, one child um, is below the 25 percentile um, growth projection. And, um, you know, that's also her passion and that's what brought her to the business. So, again, be clear, you know, 80 percent of your height is determined by genetics, but that extra 20 percent can be influenced by specific combinations. Now, we know clearly that a really good, balanced and healthy diet is your best option, but that isn't available to everybody. And we also know that, you know, today's stresses and strains of busy lives and busy children running off to sport and also going to you know other events means that that's not the easiest thing to do so that's why um, the products that we sell are available to help solve and um, achieve uh, ultimate um, growth for children so yeah exactly Uh, if it was around back then obviously we would still stress that your parents would have been better off giving you a healthy diet but we know that's quite challenging to achieve all of the time Mm, okay so how many products do you have at the moment? Well, there are three specific formulas at the moment um, because very clearly uh, different development stages for children uh, at different ages are, are important. Uh, so we have the Healthy Heights Grow Daily 3 Plus product. We have the Healthy Heights Grow Daily uh, Boys 10 Plus and also the same for a kid's protein. Uh, and we do that in both powders and in bars. So what we're trying to do is take the formulation and put it into different delivery uh, formats because we also know uh, it's a very busy world that we live in and sometimes a shake is the right time and at the right um, way to deliver it for your children. But there's other times where they need to eat on the go. So we've got more products coming. We've got a total range of around about 20 to 25 products. And we see that opportunity to grow that over the next uh, two or three years. And that's something that the team are working on at the moment. So your recent results show a very solid Q1, um, but you have had some issues with stock shortages over the last a little while. Um, I, I would assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that these were caused by COVID. Well, probably not all just COVID. There has been um, some challenges around obtaining whey uh, protein powder. 
uh, and we've solved those problems now. And I would say Q1 was solid, but not exceptional. Um, but if you looked at the demand for the product, we could have had a much stronger result if we had the supply that uh, we needed. But we've solved those problems now. We've uh, certainly worked very hard to make sure that the uh, manufacturing partners that we're working with have got the opportunity for much greater volume moving forward. And we've also worked with Fonterra to make sure that we've got the right uh, volume of raw ingredients and materials that we need moving forward. So we do expect um, better growth in Q2 and Q3. Obviously, some COVID impact, um, delays in shipments uh, like most businesses, but I would say the majority of ours has been a raw material and ingredient issue, which is now in the rearview mirror. You've also got a very strong e-commerce distribution that is already there. Um, You've got your products sold on multinational e-commerce platforms, platforms like Lazada and, and TikTok and Koala. Yeah, so interestingly, the majority of our revenue at the moment is based out of uh, the US. Um, and we've just also been ranged on Target.com in the US, which is also you know a big, big um, opportunity for us. Uh, our two key growth markets um, are China and are the US. Yes, we have product available in other markets, such as Italy. But ultimately, those two markets are where we're really focusing at the moment. But I think as well as the understanding of where our um, products are currently sold, it's also understanding what is the market here. And we're at a little bit of a, if you imagine a Venn diagram, we're at a sort of nexus between infant formula, uh, between food for special medical purposes and also um, nutrition, um, you know, vitamins and supplements. And in reality is that's you know, a category that's developing in lots and lots of, uh, of of geographies. And we believe that ultimately, um, and they're all huge categories, by the way, we believe we're at the nexus of those, and that's our real opportunity. And as we look forward, you know, opportunities such as um, walmart.com with its reach to its consumers across the Americas is very significant for us. And as you've mentioned, uh, Lazada and Shopee and JD.com are also opportunities for us. We also do see in the future that we'll be in bricks and mortar, uh, potentially in in Australia and also in those other geographies. Uh, And the team are working on that at this moment in time. So we're very clear that we'll be where the consumers are looking for our product, and that will be both online and offline. So... With regards to that, I know that you've got uh, one of your manufacturing partners is in New Zealand, NIG Nutritionals, and they've yep. just very recently shipped some to some distributors in the Asia Pacific region. You talked about US and China, but how does the rest of the Asia pack fit into that? Well, ultimately, we wanted to make sure that we've got supply for both geographies that we see as significant growth. So we actually manufacture in Utah, in the US, and as you said, also in New Zealand through uh, NIG Nutrition's. Uh, importantly, the components and the ingredients that support both those manufacturers are supplied by uh, Fonterra, so the core ingredient is the same. And what we wanted to do is make sure that we diversed uh, or diversified our risk around manufacturing, but also made sure that we weren't shipping product too far across the world because of the current um, issues. Uh, we've also you know, really focused in on our supply chain commitments over the next six to nine months and made sure that we've got the right um, processes in place to allow us to have stock where we need it. We do see a Asia Pack as an opportunity. Obviously, we're um, you know listed on the ASX, and we do see a consumer need and a consumer demand for the product in Australia. And um, we'll probably talk some more about that in Q two results. So uh, 
Mm. Opportunities for sure. Opportunities uh, ahead. You mentioned your listing on the ASX. Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting one here because uh, when we first started talking, Dave, you talked about the Schneider Medical Children's Medical Center in Israel. Um, where these products have been developed uh, and, of course, researched. Um, you've talked about your focus on the US and China and the fact that potentially in Q2, you know, there might be something happening here in Australia. So why are you listed in Australia when your geographic plans seem to spread be spread elsewhere? Look, I think it's a market that uh, obviously is supportive of innovation, uh, is very uh, supportive of organizations that are trying to be consumer focused and history has been um, before uh, or history is, is shown that uh, the ASX is a market where good companies can flourish. So uh, it wasn't really uh, based on consumer demand per se but also focused on the support that the ASX gives to you know like-minded innovative companies nothing more nothing less. Okay. Do you have any other listing plans? If you're if you're uh, sort of going big in the US and your strategic uh, push is to get you know sort of further into that market, could we see a listing in the US at some point in the future? Uh, you never say no to anything, but at the moment no. our focus is to make sure that uh, we focus on uh, the consumer demand that we have to make sure the markets that we've got are being unlocked and the growth potential is is released. So um, we'll never say never but at the moment we've got very very clear priorities to focus on uh, growth opportunities for consumers and to make sure that uh, our supply chain um, challenges are in the rearview mirror so uh, maybe in the future so how quickly dave can we expect those other markets to be serviced by your products look i think ultimately now that we've solved those you know, near-term supply chain challenges. I'm a lot more confident that we can go into those retail partnerships and those B2B partnerships um, and be confident that we've, we're able to supply products. So um, I'm confident you'll see some um, listings in Australia in the short term. I'm very confident that the US market growth will uh, be strong in Q2, Q3 and Q4. Um, and ultimately, you know, the demand for the product in China is there uh, and uh, you know we're going to be focusing on making sure we've got the right channel strategy for that in the next three to six months so uh, watch this space but we're very confident about the opportunity uh, for the for, for the future now your cash balance at the end of the quarter sitting around just over three million uh, USD um, is there any plans or any requirements given these you know a, a fairly strong uh, plans expansion plans to raise further capital? Look, I think if you look at our uh, historical cash burn, um, we're certainly in a position that we're no, in no urgent need to raise capital. But wouldn't it be a wonderful situation if we came to the market uh, to raise capital because we'd been you know, inundated with orders and the scenario was working capital to uh, generate um, product for those orders. So that is the most likely scenario. I'm not going to say specifically when that may or may not be, but um, we certainly are going to come to the market uh, with a good uh, sales trajectory and ultimately a story that I'm sure will be supported uh, as we've got those PO orders with those new retailers. So you said uh, earlier on in our conversation, Dave, you, you've currently got around 20 to 25 products coming onto market. Um, obviously, some of those are already on market, as, as we've discussed. Um, but what, what do you see in terms of the future of your product lineup? Do you see yourself branching into other areas uh, when it comes to 
either of those, you know, sort of big areas that you've pointed to within, I suppose, the nutrition that spans um, your area? Mm. Look, I think the actual key formulation um, won't change. Uh, But what we can say is that, uh, you know, dairy-free and vegan formulations are on our agenda. Uh, And as we've already shown in the last short period of time, different delivery techniques so moving from just a powder to a bar. So I think importantly, uh, we know our target market. We don't need to diversify too far out of the current formulation. But definitely the delivery format uh, is something we're focused on. And we all know that, you know, vegan formulations or dairy-free formulations for certain dietary requirements are important. So that's what we're focusing on. Yeah, you you raise an interesting point. And I think that leads me to my next question, because the other focus, along with this sort of, I guess, move um, towards those, uh, those vegan requirements and vegan diets, which we're seeing much more of now than we did even five to 10 years ago, is this push towards ESG, this focus on sustainability. Um, what is your view and and your strategy when it comes to that? Because you've got an international company, you are delivering products overseas. Um, how are you um, moving forward on the ESG front? Look, as you as you you know clearly understand, and, and we you know you, you've alluded to, we need to be very mindful of that. We need to be clear about our carbon footprint. We need to be clear about our ability to provide sustainable packaging, all of which is on our agenda. Um, Very importantly, that's why we've got this dual supply strategy. We don't want to be shipping products um, across the world that is not uh, or is a negative impact on our sustainability footprint. So um, importantly, um, all of our practices uh, need to be uh, sustainable. All of our packaging needs to be sustainable. And uh, all of our impact very much considers part of our strategic plan. So uh, it is high on our agenda and something we're considering in all of our decisions across the organisation. Dave, what we can, can we expect from NGS over the course of, uh, over the rest of this year? I mean, we're already in May. We're already almost halfway through the year. Um, what can we expect for the rest of 2022? You can expect some Focus on new product development, as we've touched on. Uh, Most likely, we'll also see a healthy height sports formula for children that are, you know, really focused on athletic performance. Uh, You can see a or expect a very single-minded focus on execution in those two key geographies that we've talked about. Uh, You can see a single-mindedly working with our um, current partners to make sure our availability is solid and strong. And you can make be absolutely rest assured that execution uh, in those markets uh, is going to be top of our agenda. We know there is consumer demand for this product, and we know that we've got uh, those supply chain headwinds in the rearview mirror. And we're really going to be focusing on making sure that we execute with our retail partners um, to show and to prove to current and future investors that this product is Uh, leading the industry and has got all of the consumer demand that we believe um, uh, that we can unlock. So we're going to be very, very, very focused on our execution over the next three to six months. All right. Okay, Dave, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. No worries. Thank you very much and uh, take care and look after yourself. Thank you so much, Dave. And of course, thanks also, a big thank you to all of our listeners today for joining us for this edition of Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. We'll catch you next time.
This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.